Welcome to Enter at Nay, a podcast for horse girls. This is Anna. And I am Beth. We're your hosts. Get your fill of horse talk by listening to us, your new horse friends. We're going to talk about our horses, talk to our friends about their horses in a bi-weekly podcast. We're not experts on anything but what we love about our horses. So come on in and talk with us. Hello and welcome to episode five of Enter at Nay. We are super excited today. We have Tiffany Donnelly who owns Equus Couture on and we're going to be talking about gifts um, for our horse friends, for horse girls a little bit later. But right now, let's sort of catch up with each other. Beth, what has been your, your lesson the last week or two since we last talked? So I haven't had any, and I'm actually probably going into a stretch of no lessons for a while, maybe a couple months. I'm going to have to be self-motivated and make my own goals. And, you know, it's snowed since we talked last, I think. And so that really kind of, I don't know, it took some wind out of my sails. And I've I've been riding a little less. And partially, like, I was really driven this year because I was trying to ride 200 times this year. And, you know, I came to terms, I forget what month that I realized, you know, I'm just not going to make it. Like I, I had a bad February and it set my whole year off wrong. Mm. And so at some point I realized, you know, even if I ride 20 days for the next several months, I'm still not going to get 200 rides this year. So then I was trying to get to 180. And then, you know, he had the abscess that kind of took two weeks out of our fall and then you know he choked and so I kind of left him go a little while because of that and so anyways you add it all up I'm over 160 now um, but I thought like oh maybe I'll get to 180 well now I'm thinking that I'm probably not going to get to 180 and then it snowed and I was just like (laughs) I have lost all motivation so I've been riding kind of like three days a week instead of four or five. And I've been doing a lot of, we call it, you know, long and low work where I have him like stretching down as much as possible. And he's a horse that was really tight and insecure. And so it's taken us years to get to the point where he would stretch at all. Mm-hmm. So trying to get him to stretch down and then Day in that frame, going from a walk to a trot and back to a walk and not getting out of that stretched down frame is a really interesting exercise with him that I think he's like kind of starting to appreciate. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, you know, keeping my rides pretty low key because I, I have worked him really hard this year. And sometimes I wonder if he should get more time off than he gets. So I'm just like, okay, we're going to We're going to not even go into a show frame and just stay relaxed and have these quiet, gentle rides, you know, put 20 minutes of walk and trot work in and then call it a day. So that's what we've been up to. How about you, Anna? Well, I had, you know, surgery a few, about three weeks ago, and I honestly did not think that I was going to get able to ride until after Christmas. But when I had a post-op visit this week, he they cleared me to ride. So I was super excited to get back in the saddle and I was able to, I had already booked a lesson with my trainer, Amy, but it was going to be a groundwork lesson. And so after I left the doc's office on Monday, I texted her and I'm like, I can ride tomorrow. So, so I rode last night and it just, I mean, it just felt so good to move. Honestly, we did some, a little bit of like carryover work from the clinic. Cause that was the last time I rode was the clinic. And so we were just kind of working on like shoulder in and then turning that into a half pass and then turning that into a leg yield and just kind of like feeling with my body, you know, where things go and how that affects him. I struggle with I think we've talked about this before, the whole like, if a little, little is good, then a lot would be better, you know? So if like, I yeah. out, if I shift my weight, like, oh, that helps. So then the next time I really shift my weight, well, no, now I threw him off completely. So like, it's, it was just 
good to kind of hone in and focus on that stuff. And, and we just did like all walk trot work. We did a little bit of canter at the end, but not much. It was, it was a lot of movement after not moving a lot for a couple of weeks. And it just, it just felt really good. Do you find that it's kind of like a reset because you're a little bit out of the practice, right? And so then when you get back on, are things like fresher or you're clearer because you don't have so much instinct? It's interesting you say that because Amy said that last night too. She's like, you know, this is an opportunity for a reset. And, and that's what we said after my other surgery. Longer. Yeah. Yeah. My two other surgeries, we did the same thing. And I mean, some of the habits are just there because they're, you know, muscle memory is really hard to break, but yeah, there's, there is definitely an opportunity to, to build new muscle memory quicker Mm -hmm. um, because I'm, you know, I'm a little weak. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not actually weak, but I'm a little bit, you know, and so really keeping him in my outside rein, particularly my right hand, I tend to, because I'm so strong with my right leg that my right hand just is completely worthless sometimes. So, you know, that was something we really focused on last night. And then, but yeah, I I do see each time that there's a, like a, a break like this, that I can, I'm not as concerned with whatever I last worked on. Now, granted, we were working on stuff from the clinic, but I mean, it's not like, oh, you know, I got to pick right back up where I was. It's, it's not like that. It was more, okay, what are we going to work on today? It was kind of cool. Yeah. How did you spoil Pip this week? I saw him every single day for a week straight <laughs> and I pet him and talk to him every day, but I was not riding. I was Aww. working at the barn. Something came up that I kind of needed a little more than I am. I kind of help out to uh, reduce my board with the understanding that like if something comes up, I can kind of be called in and do a little extra. So this was one of those times this past week. I think it's probably ongoing for a while, a month or more. I went to the barn every day, Wednesday through Tuesday. Today is my first day that I haven't gone. I'll have to go back tomorrow. And so, yeah, it's that every single day I have pet his nose and talked to him. And most days I have been the one to clean his stall and, you know, make sure it's all clean and fluffy. And so, yeah, that has been his spoiling of just a daily talking to Yesterday, I actually like took a moment and like rubbed my face in his fur before I left. Just like, oh, hey, buddy. (laughs) Oh, I think that's one of my favorite things. I wish we could like bottle that that smell, like not the dirt smell, but like there's a certain smell they have, you know. No, I think the dirt's part of it. (laughs) It probably does add a a certain spice. (laughs) So what about Danny? How did he get spoiled this week? Well, part of it was that he was off for a couple of weeks, but um, he got worked. One of the other gals in the barn, a friend of mine, Diana, she rode him and she has an American show horse, you know, part saddlebred, part Arabian, Robin. And I feel like Danny and Robin are kind of similar sometimes, but Robin is training wise and dressage wise. He's years ahead of Danny, but she rode him last week. I feel like that's kind of spoiling him a little bit because it's somebody with completely different body issues and probably less body issues than what mine are. And just, you know, something different for him. And then he also, he's gotten used in a couple of lessons. He's actually being used in a lesson tonight with a, a little a child. And I think he likes that because it's like he has a job, but it's a different kind of job than, than me, you know, Um, and he likes kids. So he doesn't get his grumpy face with kids as he does with me. So that's funny. So my favorite horsey thing on the internet this week is uh, I mentioned it earlier about how I was trying to ride 200 times in 2020. And that is not necessarily unusual for me. I have tried to ride 200 times in a year before I Uh failed that time also. I think maybe even around the same number of like 160 to 180 range, but there's a Facebook group and there, the first one was this year, Pony Up 100 2020. And it was a whole group of equestrians who were trying to ride a hundred times in 2020. You know, people post pictures and updates of how it's going. And then, you know, people post when they make it to a hundred and it's just like a nice, enjoyable little horse community on Facebook. And so they posted 
the new group for 2021. So we're going to do a second year. It's Pony Up 100 2021. And it just opened up this week. So people are joining some of them new for 2021, but a lot of returners from 2020. Mm -hmm. And I am loving everybody's introduction posts where they're, you know, here's me, here's my horse, here's what we're going to do. And yeah, it's really fun. I am in the 2020 group and I, I need to go back and count, which I can do because of my, we use that app a lot when I remember to, plus I've got it on my calendar, but I think I'm probably going to end up at about 80. So I'm going to end up about half of the number of rides as you, but I still feel pretty. You've had a different year. That. Yeah. <laughs> I had some, I had some things, but. And yeah. some trips. You actually um, go places. I don't. Yeah. Well, yes, we like made it a point to do that because otherwise my husband would have gone crazy. But so for that 2020 group or just the pony up 100, I really like that group too. I agree with you. And it's, I feel like it's, is it exclusively women or they're not on purpose, there? but it seems to be largely, largely women. And I would say it's largely young thirties and up, you know, like there's, there's not a lot. Oh of yeah. Not there. many children. No, not many kids. And a lot of rewriters, you know, people that have returned to writing sort of middle of their life, which is kind of what I did. So I kind of like that, that it's tons of different disciplines and different all over the country. I all mean, over the country, I think is probably one of my favorite things. Yeah. Some of our different members of the group who post photos, you know, riding in the desert. Yeah. I've never had an, I've never even seen a desert, let alone ridden in one. I'm just like, right. wow, that is so cool. And that's like their, that's their everyday thing. Like, I'm going to go trail riding in the Grand Canyon. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, that's my a vacation for me. <laughs> Right? Absolutely. Well, my favorite thing on the internet, it's funny because it was actually one of Tiffany Tiffany's posts, our guests, and I have her permission to share this. So I screenshot it. So it'll be on our Facebook page. And I'm not going to say the whole quote. I'm not going to quote her whole post, I should say. But she had just kind of like that, the point of view photos that we a lot of us take when we're riding where it's like your horse's neck and their head and whatever is in the called a between the ears photo yeah between the ears photo and she had decided it was one of her bareback rides actually and she talks about how some days you just kind of decide not you're not going to work on something you're going to like make it fun and she basically says you throw your back on track cooler around you and your horse you hop on bareback and you call it a day I decided this winter I'm taking the pressure off myself and just having fun with my horse. Not every day needs to be a serious work session. Life is too short. And I really connected with that. I thought like, yeah, that's certainly we have goals and we have things we want to accomplish. But for the most part, it's all about just our horse and our relationship with our horse. So I think I've mentioned before that I made that switch myself maybe a year ago. And I actually credit that change in mentality to a lot of our progress this year. I think my horse and I both genuinely enjoy our time together more because not every day is a drill session. And so then yeah. the days that are a drill session, we're, we both bring more to the table because yeah. we're not pooped from yesterday. I think you're right. I'm planning on riding Friday and I mean, I booked arena time, but if the weather holds out, I'm going to try to go out and get out and about a little bit and just do that and not necessarily work on anything because like, we're still just kind of getting back and, you know, I want him to know that it's okay. We don't need to work on anything. <laughs> so as far as horse products this week, you talk about something and then next thing you know, it's like in your Facebook ads, suggestions yes. for things. So and creepy. I know a lot of people think, yeah, a lot of people think it's creepy, but I think it's wonderful. Like, oh, wow, that that Same thing that I've been thinking about is now showing up and I can look at it. I don't even have to search for the link. I don't even have to know the name of the product. There it is. Lately, I've been having ads for Sport Horse Essentials and they have kind of waterless shampoo products and, you know, I've mentioned before that there's no wash stall or even hose at my barn. 
And then, you know, Pippin's a mud bunny. He just rolls. He's covered in mud all the time as much as possible. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I take him to things and I want him to be clean and he's a pinto. So, and he's got a ton of white. And so it's just this constant struggle to keep him clean. And this ad, the video where the horse has like a poo spot and it's a gray horse and they just spray this on and just like wipe it off like magic. And I know logically that it doesn't probably work that well, but I am all about it. I haven't bought it yet, but I'm going <laughs> to have to try. You're stalking it. I am. You're stalking How it. about yours? I'm sort sort of the same stalkiness thing, level of stalkiness. Well, I mean, I think we should, you know, have a, a moment of silence for my currently missing pair of boots that apparently have disappeared. Last time I saw them was when I rode in the clinic. And then I had been, whenever I was having surgery this year, I would bring my boots home so that they weren't in anybody's way. And so I assumed they were with my like bag of clinic stuff. And yesterday morning when I went to kind of get all my stuff together to take out to the barn, they were not in there. And I have searched high and low and they're not anywhere. And so, yeah. So this is the second than... time you've asked for a moment of silence for an item on our podcast. See, I constantly misplace things. And I honestly, everyone's going to think I'm crazy, but <laughs> I feel like my grandmother hides things from me. She's passed away, but I feel like she hides things and then they appear again. I'm hoping that the boots will show up probably about the time that I finally pull out the credit card and buy another pair of Replace boots. Them. Although, yeah. It's hard. You know, when I posted about it, somebody said like that they went through the same thing. They lost a pair of boots last year. And when they finally went bought when a pair, exactly, that's when they found the new exactly, pair. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, like I know exactly what kind and size and everything. And they're really actually hard to find right now. So, oh no. But, but the item that I'm kind of stalking is the saddle mattress, which what is, is that? Like, <laughs> it's a pad that you put on your saddle stand or rack that you have. Um, and actually, when you go to their website, and it's saddlemattress.com, it just the first question that it asks you is what kind of saddle rack is your saddle stored on? And oh. then it recommends a pad. And it's like a, it just prevents like the creasing or the marks that can get on your saddle. And yeah, they basically said in a given day, you know, your saddle is on that for 23 hours even if you rode every single day and right I don't do that and most people don't nope. <laughs> so, you know and yeah so they showed how it can crease into your the bottom part of your saddle and so I'm sort of I'm sort of stalking that but I don't think it would fit in my cubby at the barn so mm. that's what's holding me back plus I think the one that would work they're completely sold out of because it's Christmas of course so you know so yeah, so that's where we are. Okay, so we're going to take a little break and move into our next segment where we have Tiffany Donnelly join us. Woohoo! So welcome back from our break. Our guest today is Tiffany Donnelly. She owns the amazing Equus Couture, and it is one of my favorite companies. It's a woman-owned company. And it's a small business and she just has the most exquisite stock ties and brow bands and other leather pieces and clothing now. She's been in, she's been advancing into clothing or <laughs> clothing for a couple of years, but she keeps growing. She's gotten a mention on our podcast like more than once. Yes. <laughs> Because I am obsessed with her stuff. So. <laughs> so it's super exciting to have you with us today, Tiffany. Thanks, guys. Thanks for asking me to do this. Our topic this week is on gifting. And like I struggle with gifting with my horse friends because, I mean, I have such a small budget for them. You know, so I always struggle. Like I always end up giving people like peppermints and horse travel mugs. A friend of mine named Lynn is so amazing at doing these beautiful cards that she gets. And it's just in and of itself, the card is gorgeous. And it like says, you know, Merry Christmas or Happy New Year or whatever. And it's just so personal. And actually a few years ago, uh, there used to be a place called Horsey Hall. Do either of you ever heard of that place? No. no. 
it was up north and we went there once when we were at a clinic we like you know checked yelp and there was this place called horsey hall and it was the downstairs was somebody's like kitchen and then all of the rooms like this big huge victorian house and they had turned it into a restaurant and they have two soups and a quiche and a sandwich every day they kind of switched out what they would have but that was pretty much it and then the whole place was filled with equestrian motif gifts and it was just the best place to find things and it closed two years ago and I have, I have been so bummed I want something to open like that but we thought that that might be a good area to bring you on since we're talking about gifts Beth how are you at gifting like in general I'm bad at gifting unless I can <laughs> give people books and <laughs> Horsey books mostly only work for like little girls. (laughs) Yeah, so for my horse friend, I don't know. I don't even know that I give them anything. So I feel like it's a a major place for growth for me because I would definitely like to be better at gifting. It's 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 hard. And then you know, you got these people that are just so perfect at it and they do like the perfect little bags and little bows and all of the right like (laughs) jujine and stuff it's just it's difficult so tiffany before we like get too much into equus couture stuff what are some of your favorite things to give to your horsey human friends this is a loaded question gift giving (laughs) is my love language so (laughs) i am i am a go overboard kind of gifter i have to rein it back I love gift giving. So Christmas is quite a wonderful holiday for someone like me. So I've kind of narrowed it down. And I I know you said like my favorite gift, but I really can't pick one. So if it's okay, I have like four companies I love to show. Sure. No, go ahead. So I love, I do love to give my own products, particularly like my jewelry line. So I have gemstone earrings, hand-sewn leather bracelets, carved gemstone horse necklaces. And those are great because I can give them as equestrian or non-equestrian because they're not all horse related. So um, those are great. I love Dreamers and Schemers socks. Do you know that brand? Ooh, no. (laughs) They're super fun. They do all these goofy, crazy designs on riding socks, like, you know, on the thin ones we love. But theirs are thicker than the average thin ones. So they're a little nicer quality. Like I ordered like these (laughs) pink pony power socks, you know, that are like rainbows (laughs) and unicorns and stuff. And they do like cats with tacos and like stuff like that and they're like affordable you know they're affordable so that's one um another company that i love is the simple equine and tara the owner she's just a fantastic person i i met her years and years ago at a, the millbrook horse trials we both had a booth there and she's got all kinds of everything she makes herself all natural grooming products for your horse fly spray gloss spray wound salve And then she has a full line of stuff for riders. So like Epsom bath salts, you know, for sore muscles, you know, hand lotion for the winter skin being out in the barn. And then she also, my favorite product she sells is her Love My Leather Balsam. And I actually gift that in little one ounce jars whenever a client orders a a bigger purchase with me. And it is hands down the best thing I've ever used on my leather. So I gift her stuff a lot. And then another one I found last year is Kendall Sassy Buns. I found her on Instagram. (laughs) And she does custom buns and they're crazy affordable. And custom bonnets that are crazy affordable. And I love custom products, which is why I created the business that I did. So when it comes to, you know, being able to give a custom thing, you know, at a $20 price tag, that's insane. Yeah. So sometimes, like I know last year, I <laughs> all my horsey friends got like <laughs> bun and bonnet sets. <laughs> and I did it to match their stock ties and their brow bands that they bought for me. You know what I mean? Oh, um, how clever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so great. So I like sent her photos of everybody's sets and then she and I like, you know, figured it all out. And then for some people that I wasn't exactly sure what they would like, I gave a gift card for a custom bun. So she's great. This is a sort of a non-equestrian gift, but I give it to all of my friends, equestrian, non-equestrian. So this is my client gift for my personal clients every Christmas is Mellow Boutique 
confections. And she's right here in Columbus. Michelle, the owner, she is a confectionery goddess. She's so far beyond the realm of Columbus, Ohio. I mean, her vision with flavor combinations and her aesthetic with her sweets, it's like the kind of stuff you find in New York City. And so she's she's amazing. You can order on her website. Her website is www.mmelo.co. And she just has fantastic, it's like a party in your mouth every time you eat something she makes. <laughs> so she's, she's, she's a great one that I use for gift giving. And then the last, this is just kind of a funny story. I only do this for one person. One of my best girlfriends, Charlotte, she lives out in Texas. We've been friends since 2007. She breeds Frisians for sport and she's also a dressage rider. And that we don't get in too much trouble for buying ourselves multiple saddle pads every year for Christmas. <laughs> We gift each other saddle pads. We've been doing this for years now. And the, like high-end nice ones, like the satiny, like Escadron, Equestrian Stockholm, Piece of Sweden. And like sometimes we even throw in polos and a bonnet to match. And we we do it every year. And it's like our great little. So I get one really nice saddle pad every year. And it's from Charlotte. <laughs> that's cool. That's so that, cool. that's my long short list of, of companies. I'm on that confectionery website right now. Oh, she's fantastic. <laughs> I'm here for this. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so Tiffany, what is your favorite gift to give horses that you are friends with, whether it's your horse <laughs> or your friend's horse? So my number one favorite gift that I give friends horses and I give my horse are Burke Bites. Courtney Frazier is a dressage trainer up in Canada also found on Instagram. I'm telling you, if you guys are not gifting or searching small businesses on Instagram, it is like, that is like the best place to find people who are like hustling, hardworking small businesses, a lot of women owned businesses. You know, these people are like, they're, they're just trying to make it, man. And this is where they're advertising because Instagram, you know, Facebook are free and it's a great way to get the word out. So I found Courtney on Instagram. Um, and she makes these amazing treats. I mean, she's got like pony pops and I mean, all kinds, she does like all kinds of holiday themes. So like, you know, for Easter, she does jelly beans and the treats and for Valentine's day, she does little candy hearts in the middle of the treats and she makes them all herself. That is my number one. I buy them for my barn owner, like all the horses, at the barn. Well, we only don't, you know, there's three of us and a, a mini donkey. So <laughs> So that's what they all get for Christmas. And it's kind of cool to support a dressage trainer. And she's just kind of like her side hustle. And she, she's created this Instagram. She was just kind of doing the Instagram off of her dressage page. But now she's like, she's getting her stuff, little tubs of her treats, you know, in stores and stuff like in tax shops, which is so cool. So she's definitely growing. So that would be my number one. And then I would say for my horse, I don't necessarily give this to other people's horses, <laughs> but back on track products, <laughs> back on track products are a great, great thing for my horse. His monthly massages from Eric Grover. I mean, he's 20 years old, so I try to keep him as comfortable as absolutely possible. And then his favorite treat is little Debbie's oatmeal cream pies. So <laughs> I know it's not necessarily a special occasion gifting, but he gets one after every ride and that horse gets 10 feet. Like he's like a 10 foot tall unicorn in the cross ties. The minute I take the saddle off because he knows the cream pie is coming. <laughs> yes. I might have to try those. I think somebody else at our barn does those as well. It, it took about three tries before he decided he was going to like them. And it all started from a lesson horse I rode years ago that loved them. And so it just sort of became this thing. And when I, I remember when I got him, like we were literally hauling him on the trailer back to Ohio from Michigan. Like I'd just gotten him and I like offered him a cream pie in the trailer. And he was kind of like, took a bite and was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. And kind of spit it back out. And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it took about three, three college tries before <laughs> he was sold. <laughs> and now he's like insane over them. Yeah. Danny, the first time I tried to give him um, bananas, he wouldn't eat them. And now he likes them, but he goes nuts over orange pieces. Like he just thinks oh, oranges yes. are he, like, he literally goes crazy. He becomes like aggressive. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so Tiffany, what made you decide to start your business? I couldn't really find brow bands I loved on the market. So I kind of decided I would start making my own. And initially I thought, oh, I'll just make these, you know, for my horse. And at that time, this was back in 
2007, probably. Um, I had my first Frisian, Odessa, and she was so beautiful. She had such a refined face. And I thought, I need something like worthy of this horse to put on her beautiful face. Then like it sort of seemed like my local horse friends were like, wow, this is, these are really beautiful. So I sort of thought, okay, I'll like make a few to sell. And I, you know, I love custom products. I love one of a kind finds. I love vintage items. You know, I've kind of always been that way. So I would just sort of like throw them out on a table. I'd like go to a clinic. <laughs> Can I just throw a few out on the table and like leave them there all day, you know, like not even like watch them. And, you know, people like started really getting excited about them. But I think also I was an art major in college and I've always had this deep desire to combine my love of horses with my love of the arts. And I've been able to do that with Equus Couture. Um, and it's sort of the perfect marriage for me because I'm combining two things I love most. Um, and I kind of... I've carved out my days so that I'm able to like, of course, as the business grows, I feel like there's less creating, but this year has been good because I haven't been traveling. So a lot more creating, <laughs> you know, but you wear a lot of hats when you own your own business, you know that, Anna, <laughs> but you know, creating and then spending the afternoons with my horse, traveling to horse shows, both to compete for myself and to market my wares. So, and it, it's kind of cool because the best part is that Boitzen, my horse gets to be a huge part of my business and he's sort of the face of Equus Couture. Yes, for sure. I think it's funny, though, because like your brow bands are so, so very much different than honestly anything else out there. And the same with your stock ties. I mean, for for all the right reasons, because <laughs> um, I, I certainly know a lot of other small businesses that produce stock ties sure. and brow bands. They still all sort of have a general mm -hmm. theme and a sort mm -hmm. of a look to them. Mm -hmm. And you know, like, especially this year, um, a lot of your items, you branched out into, you know, adding the crystals and the, mm -hmm. the geodes and, and all of that, which was a completely new, you know, and different <laughs> look for people to see. And it's still, it's just so beautiful. And it can be very, it can be very classic and traditional looking, even though it's got a, you know, a geode on it. It's right. still something about it, you know, just has that feel. Um, I took so. a big risk with that. <laughs> and I'm not sure that everybody quite gets it. I, but I've seen all your products move through, like you've moved on, you have other new products. So. Yeah, yeah. So, and I've seen your brow bands from this year. I, I saw them at the classic. I saw a couple of people with them. So mm -hmm. they're showing in them. They love them. That's so. good. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I started making stock ties was because I had contacted another company years ago to make a custom, a couple of custom stock ties for me. And so, you know, we start talking about what I want. And I was so excited, like, because I hated the flat white pancakes. That's what I've always called them. Like, just, uh -huh. you know, you, they're just like, there's no volume to, to some of these white stock ties. So I really wanted some beautiful stock ties that were different. And so she made the first one. It was you know, like a white linen with like black pinstripes, you know, pretty conservative. Mm -hmm. And then for the next one, I had this beautiful piece of old vintage satin pleating. Just extraordinary. It's actually on a tie on my website right now. And mm. she would not put that on the tie for me. She <laughs> said, that much black is not allowed. And <laughs> I canceled the second custom order. And I thought, I'm going to start making my own stock tie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. Well, the world is a better place for it. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so what I'm wondering next, Tiffany, in all of this, did you have like a specific moment where you thought, oh my gosh, I can actually make this a business that I can, you know, make my livelihood this way. I started super casual in 2008, I guess is when I, because I had to figure out like how to even make them. Like I knew I didn't want to glue things on leather because that wouldn't mm -hmm. be good quality. So I had to figure out how would I get these things on the leather? <laughs> you know, like how does that work? And then, okay, probably sewing them is the best option for, for quality, but then how do you even do that? You know? So it was, a, it was, I mean, I bet I spent a good year at least just trying to figure out how I could make them. So then I, you know, figured out, I, I, and I, like I said, I just sort of threw them on a clinic, you know, on the table at a clinic and people started really loving them. And I still remember the first thing I bought with my own money for my own business. It was a gorgeous antique bedroom set. I still have it. 
And I, I'll never forget, like, walking into that antique mall. I had been, like, lusting over this bedroom set for so long. And I slapped down my old, like, my cold hard cash from, like, my first Brown <laughs> sale. And it, like, felt so good. But I had gone, I went through a divorce and like 2000, end of 2009, end of beginning of 2010. So I took my website down and, and at that time I was making things on a very small scale and I just stopped making altogether. I moved back home to Ohio, huge transition. And I was just really trying to keep my head above water, um, let alone run a business. And then in 2012, I married my husband, John. And I remember he asked me if I would want to start the business back up. And I told him, you know, I'm, I don't know. And, and more importantly, I didn't have a leather crafter here in Ohio because I had moved states. And so I remember talking to my grandpa and because he knew one Amish person. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, yeah, he knew an, an Amish person. So I said, you know, do you think that Marty has any friends that maybe work with leather? Because I thought I can't even think about starting this business back up if I don't have a leather crafter. And so he sort of made some inquiries. And next thing I know, my grandpa and I are driving out to Amish country. Now, this is like in November of 2013. And it's, you know, dark early, like at the end of November. Mm -hmm. And I assumed that my grandpa had made an appointment to speak to these people. And we pull up to this place and we can see through the window, the family is sitting down eating dinner. Oh, my gosh. And I remember going, oh, my word. I was mortified. And we go and we knock on the door. And this Amish guy comes. And they're all staring. The whole family, all the little kids, you know, they're all, like all staring at us through the window. And he comes to the door and he goes, oh, no. And, you know, we tell him what we're looking for. He goes, oh, no, I work with canvas for boats. But, you know, old David Yoder down the road over on Route 205, it, you could go talk to him. He works with leather. And he's got a shop, a harness shop. And so I remember thinking, okay. And I said, to, I even said to my grandpa, and I don't, to this day, and my grandpa passed away last December. And to this day, I don't know if he heard me or if he ignored me. But I remember saying, okay, well, <laughs> one day on my lunch break, I'll go, I'll stop into that guy's shop. And, and I can talk to him about it. Grandpa, it was pouring down rain. It's dark. He just drives straight to this guy's house. And his house was right next to the shop. Well, it was like 6.30 at night and the shop was closed. Grandpa just gets out of the car and walks up to this guy's door and knocks on the door. And I'm like, and again, going <laughs> oh, mortified, like mortified. And so the, the wife comes to the door and we tell him what we're looking for. And she yells for her husband. All the little kids, the gaggle of kids are all watching. He comes to the door and I had an example of what I want, you know, a brow band. And I showed him. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I think I could make that. And that was November of 2013. <laughs> and I still, I mean, I credit my grandpa to this day with helping me start, like, start what is really now known as Equus Couture for that crazy night that I still can't believe that happened. <laughs> and so then that winter, I remember reading about the Ohio Equine Affair. And I remember thinking, huh. They have booths there. People sell things. I wonder what that would cost. And so I called and it was $800 for a booth. And I remember gasping. Like, I had no idea. You know, I would just, the realm, I didn't understand what, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. And it was so far above my realm. And so I tell John, I'm never considering we would ever do this. And he goes, well, why not? <laughs> I'm like, what <laughs> if I don't sell enough stuff to make the money back? <laughs> And he like just totally encouraged me to do it. And I just remember being so worried I wouldn't even make the booth fee back, you know. And we set up the booth and I remember like taping out, like taping out the size of the booth on our basement floor because I, I was so worried about the aesthetics of everything, you know. And it, we wanted to like pre-plan the way this booth was going to look. And I wanted it really to encompass my vision and my brand. And I remember my first sale in that booth and it was like a brow band and one other product. And I just remember it was like a $300 sale. And my hands were shaking while I was running her credit card because I just <laughs> couldn't believe that somebody loved my stuff enough to pay that much money for it. Aww. And I just remember thinking, I've got a legitimate business. Like it just sort of validated everything I had been trying to do. So that it's a long answer to your question, but I feel like that all is the process that sort of led up to that moment. <laughs> I love that. Here's a hilarious thing. I have an identical story about being out in Ohio Amish country. <laughs> I was with 
<laughs> I was with Phyllis picking up a pony that she had sent for training to drive. And she said to the guy who, you know, trained the pony, like, okay, well, I need a cart. I need a harness. Like, do you have any ideas? And he was like, oh, sure. He gets in the car with us. We drive down the road. <laughs> we go to one place. She orders a cart. We went to the harness shop. No one was there. We walked in the guy's like harness shop and looked at what he had in there, even though the guy wasn't there. Like it was all closed <laughs> up. We just went right in, looked at the, oh yeah, this will do. Okay. Well, here's how you can reach him to order that. Okay. It was wild. And so that is so funny. That's really that we funny. have like matching Ohio yeah. Amish country stories. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's not surprising to me that it involves Phyllis. So <laughs> most of my horse stories involve Phyllis. <laughs> And for, for Tiffany and our listeners, if you haven't listened to, which episode was that? Number three? Yeah, episode three. Episode number three, where we had Phyllis Stevens on. That's a great, it will all make sense if you listen to that <laughs> I'll have to go or listen. if you know her. So, <laughs> so Tiffany, now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about um, the questions that we ask all of our guests. Tell us about your current horse or a favorite horse that you've had over the years, like their name and what you love about them or just whatever you want to tell us about them. Yeah. So my guy Boytson, gosh, this horse loves me more ardently than any horse I have ever owned, which to be honest, I did not think was possible with a gelding. And I apologize to all the gelding owners out there for what I'm about to say, but I didn't think geldings had much of a personality. <laughs> I've always had mares, only <laughs> mares. My entire life, I've always had mares. My first horse was a mare. And it just it was this weird like thing where we every horse we always bought was a mare. And then like my first Frisian was a mare. And I adore mares. I know people kind of have a love-hate relationship with them, but I adore mares. I feel like a mare will give you her entire heart if she trusts you. So I just really didn't think anything close to like the relationship that I had had with my first Frisian mare would be possible with a gelding. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had had him about a month. He latched onto me quick. I mean, and people at the barn started commenting about how he was always watching me. Like he always needed to know where I was. So like he'd be in the cross ties, he'd watch me walk down the aisle, he'd stare at the tack room until I came back out of it, you know, <laughs> and he just has completely changed my mind on geldings. He literally follows me around like an, my oversized black lap dog. <laughs> I swear to God, he would crawl in my lap if he could. And I thought my first Frisian was my heart horse. She was a mare. She was my dream come true. Man, that horse, she had nothing on this guy. I mean, he loves me. He loves me. And we have bonded in a way that has just blown my mind. Um, and we just like, we love each other as fiercely as the other does. And I really feel like he's my heart horse. And I feel like our relationship, both under saddle and otherwise, has just been so incredibly rewarding. He gives me 150% every single day. And he is just my partner in every sense of the word. And he, last January, he was diagnosed with an ulcer. And I, this may be a little too crazy and deep and I don't know what, but, you know, they say that horses are incredibly sensitive. And I've always thought that. And that they, I've heard people say that horses will take on like our issues, whether it be emotional, whether even it be physical, like they take on, they take that on for us as incredibly sensitive beings and so we went through a lot last fall. We lost my father-in-law in October, and then we, my grandfather was dying, and we lost him on December 14th of last year, and I was just not in a good place, and it was a really, really hard fall and winter, and he all of a sudden pops up with an ulcer in January, and I mm. know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that horse took on what was going on with me, like he worried about me. He worried because I wasn't out as much. And even when I was, I wasn't riding and he loves to work. And he, I just think he fretted and he fretted until he worked himself into an ulcer. Mm. And I just, 
I still like I cry when I think about it because oh. he, I feel like he took on my pain during that time mm. and I wasn't going to cry now, but <laughs> he did. Oh. And so I just think like he's the love of my life. This horse. Oh. <laughs> How long have you had him? I just had him about four and a half years. But like I said, he latched onto me so quickly. He he did. He needed a person. And there, it's a long story about how I ended up with him, but it was because he needed a job and he needed a person. And man, he was like, oh, I, I, I swear I could just see his mind going, oh, you're my person. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and like game on. And he's 20, right? He's 20. Yeah. And you do dressage with him. I do. That's yeah. always something that we ask. And Anna and I, of course, know what you do with him. Yeah. <laughs> So our next question is, what is your favorite bonding thing to do with horses or with your guy in particular? So it's kind of a two-part thing. Two, thi- two things we love doing. We love hacking out, um, just he and I. I wish I had more, even more space to be able to do that. I mean, we rustle up deer. It's so exciting. We have so much fun. Um, <laughs> and we had a really big milestone this year. He's a lot of horse, even at 20. I mean, people don't know he's 20, when, especially when they see him under saddle. His canter has been kind of an issue from day one. <laughs> he's a Frisian. big. It's yeah, a big so canter. it's it's very powerful. It's really big. He likes to go fast. <laughs> he gets unbalanced, and then he goes faster. It's a lot to ride. So... Long story short, we've been working really, really hard on that for four and a half years. (laughs) We've been together. And so I finally got brave enough to canter him out hacking by ourselves one day this summer. And he was brilliant. Mm. And he, I mean, if, if I didn't already love him, it like completely took, I feel like it took our relationship to a whole different level. So we've started doing it a lot. I mean, now the the weather's kind of muddy and slimy, so we haven't been, but um, he sometimes starts to get super big and I have to ask him to whoa when we're out (laughs) hacking, but it's been such a cool bonding thing for us. And just for me to be able to trust him enough to ask him to do it. And then the praise that I give him when he does it, you know, for listening to me and, and just like, being the horse that I can trust outside of the ring has been a huge milestone. And I've also just in the last year or so started riding him bareback and it might sound kind of cheesy, but I always think of that movie avatar when I (laughs) bareback, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like how we're all connected to everything on the planet. And I don't feel any more connected to him than when I ride him bareback. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can just feel everything that you can't feel with a saddle on. It just blows my mind every time I do it. And um, I wasn't really brave enough to do it until last winter. Now, mind you, I've ridden bareback like all my life, but hadn't since like my 20s and I'm 42 now. So it's like, ooh, boy, <laughs> it's been 20 plus <laughs> years since I've done this. But um, it literally when I did it last winter, I actually cried like I Aww. cried on him because it. I just I forgot how much you could feel when you ride bareback. So my mm. goal this winter is to ride bareback once a week until I am brave enough to canter him bareback so that'll be the next wow. milestone <laughs> wow yeah well sort of related to that like what has been your favorite or most meaningful sort of like aha moment in your equine journey so I had the extreme honor to interview Robert Vavra um the equine photographer do you guys oh know who he gosh. is oh my gosh yeah yeah oh, like so, so this was probably like 2002-ish, maybe. I'd have to go back and look. I, I worked for a horse magazine right out of college. And I worked for them for about a year and year and a half, maybe, or something like that. So they kind of let me, they brought me in and they promoted me to editor, editor within like a month because I think they knew the guy was moving on, that they had been editor. So they were kind of priming, priming me for this position. So they kind of gave me full reign to do what I wanted to do. It was Horse World Magazine. And um, I created an arts issue um, because, you know, combining, again, my love of horses and love of the arts. So I interviewed him at, for that that article. I mean, I never thought he'd even get back to me, you know. I called or emailed. I had whatever I did. And I phone interviewed this guy. And it was like 
probably the highlight of my life to date oh, wow. to interview him. And when I was in high school, I used to work in a tack shop and they had all his big coffee table books, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd literally like hide in the back of the shop and flip through the pages Ugh. when I was supposed to be working. Um, so they're, so They're so beautiful. Oh, they're so beautiful. And at that time in particular, you know, 2002, no one was thinking outside the box with horse photography the way he, and I, I still don't think there's anybody that quite touches what he does. People have gotten more abstract with it and you see a lot, a lot of different stuff that you didn't, but in 2002, I mean, you know, the kind of, the kind of photography that there was of horses at that time, yeah. it was just pretty basic. The sentence that he said to me that I will never, as long as I live, forget when I interviewed him is he said, we cannot ever forget the initial romance that drew us to the horse. Mm. And I've never forgotten those words. This guy was in his 70s. I don't even know if he is still alive. <laughs> but he he would he said that to me. And I I and so that that was kind of an aha moment for me. And I don't even know if I realized it at the time, but I try personally to never forget that initial romance that drew me to the horse. Like in the midst of riding, competing. I try to keep that magic in my mind. Because it really is all about the horse and the relationship that they allow us to have with them. Um, and that partnership and that relationship and that romance is kind of what inspires me personally and my business on a daily basis. Um, and I think as I've gotten into dressage, you know, in about the last eight years or so, um, sometimes I forget about that, you know, that initial romance. And I get so focused in my perfectionistic nature, because let's uh -huh. be frank us perfectionists or who are drawn to the sport, right? Definitely. So I've had to remind myself even more about that the older that I get. And I think when we're young, it's almost innate in us because of our innocence. Like as kids are just so innocent. You know, when I was a kid, it was all I cared about was that romance. I, you know, I'm riding bareback, barefoot and helmetless because that's what you did in those days because we didn't know any better. <laughs> um, right, right. And well, I, when you're young, you just don't even think about it. No, you don't think about it. I remember as a kid literally taking books out to the barn, hopping on my mare bareback while she was out in the field grazing and reading a book. Mm -hmm. You yep. know, and so I, I just really, I try to, when I get caught up in this perfectionistic nature, thanks dad, um, <laughs> that I have, <laughs> is to remind myself of that. And, and I try to create that, I... I with my business, I try to inspire that romance in people, like inspire that, you know, and I've even used it in taglines, you know, on social media posts and stuff like, let's not forget that. And and we'll do our best to help you remember, you know, so I guess I, that's probably my big aha moment, I think one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what about the hardest thing you've had to learn so far in your equine journey? So I think the hardest thing for me is that I am not naturally good at this sport. <laughs> I desperately want to be for my horse, right? But I have to work really hard to just be okay at it. And I always feel bad for Boytson because he is so talented. His dad was a Grand Prix Frisian in the Netherlands in his heyday. Um, and he absolutely has his dad's talent, but nobody ever really did much with him. And since I got him at 16, you know, he had been trail ridden. He had sat in a field most of his life because he was intimidating to people. And that's sort of how I ended up with him. He needed a job and a person. And so I've kind of had him in his twilight years. And he and I are learning dressage alongside one another. And I just desperately wish I could be better for him. So I always hope that my determination and hard work will make up for my lack of talent in this crazy thing called dressage. <laughs> <laughs> dressage is I, hard it is. but I feel like that's exactly what's great about dressage is that you can put in the hard work just keep putting in the hard work yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's formulaic it's not you know mysterious I'd like to think you're not buying your your ribbons like you are in some oh, of the other sports yeah. where you know your yeah. equipment if it's not sparkly enough you don't you don't win it's nothing like that no, it's, it's not. Surely putting in the time and the mm -hmm. effort and the, I, that's one of my favorite things about it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, agree I, with you I respect that. I think, you know, it's okay to work hard at it. Well, and I think it's, you know, it's not so much as a competition with other people as it is a competition with yourself, you know? Absolutely. Yes. 100%. I absolutely agree with that. 
which makes us all more friendly to one another, I think, when we go to Right. I have loved the last couple of years. So many of the people that I'm, you know, you're you, a couple of our other friends who like we're all sort of showing the same level. And I love it because yeah. we get to cheer each other on like right yeah. as we're going in, you know, yeah, it's right fantastic. there for each other. Yeah. So what is your we're going to switch gears slightly. <laughs> your favorite horse show tack room snack. So my biggest question is, are mimosas considered a snack? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, basically, Prosecco and mimosas are my favorite horse show snack. Also, my barn owner makes this amazing. She's my friend, Rosanna Breda. She makes this amazing chicken salad with faux chicken because I'm a pescatarian. And um, it's so yummy and it's cold, you know, so it's perfect for hot horse shows. So yeah. we always we always make we make really good food. We make it ahead of time and then we, you know, share when we get there. And we also love our boozy popsicles we found this year <laughs> that are awesome. <laughs> I make the um, the faux chicken um, chicken salad, too. And I like to, oh, nice. um, for horse shows. I like to kind of puree it down a little bit so that it's almost like a, a spread. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can dip it with a cracker. And oh, I had yeah. it at, not this year, obviously, but two years ago at a schooling show that a bunch of us brought food to. And like a bunch of people tried it and I'm like, oh, just heads up. That's not real chicken. And they were like, wait, what? Like They could not <laughs> tell. And I agree. Mimosas definitely <clears throat> are a good tack room snack. Yeah. Yeah. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> So even though we've been talking about equestrian products throughout this episode, do you want to share with us an equestrian product that you love? Okay. So will you kill me if I gave you a list of the top 10 items I can't live without at the bar? <laughs> no, I think that would fit into our show notes. Okay. So I can't, cause I was like, how do I answer one thing? Like one equestrian product? I can't pick one. <laughs> I love, I get really passionate about things I love. Like I get really passionate when I find like a really good chicken salad or, you know, a really great product for my horse or, you know, what, whatever it might be. So I thought, okay, what if I just make a list of my top 10 things I literally cannot live without at the barn? And these are everything from like very expensive things to like super inexpensive things. Okay. So I thought that could be kind of fun. So yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah. They're literally in no particular order. I kind of just, it was random train of thought. So Dewberry boots, that's an expensive one. But let me just say that they are yes. hands down the best barn boot you can purchase. Yes. They are they last forever. They're yep. breathable in the summer. They are perfect in the spring and fall. They're waterproof. Spend the money. You will not regret it. I do yep. change to my Sorel boots in the winter with smart wool socks. But <laughs> because the dewberries <laughs> are not warm enough because I'm a freeze baby. So I that, agree with you 100%. I wore my dewberries hiking all over Montreal last year, yeah. and I was super comfortable. They are totally they're the, so, they're so worth it. But get the insoles because they're yeah. not super comfortable without the insoles. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so that's an, that's an expensive one, but followed by a not expensive one. So number two is, and I did name drop this already, but I'm just going to say it again. The Love My Leather Balsam by the Simple Equine conditions my tack, my boots, every bit of it. It is hands down the best leather conditioner on the market. And it's the only thing that touches my leather. Number three <laughs> is back on track products. And I kind of mentioned that before, too. Yeah, Anna sells those. So, you know, having a 20-year-old horse, we just really can't live without our back-on-track cooler and hawk boots. So that's an important one. Number four, have you guys ever heard of the uh, the brand Nun Finer? Yes. So they have lavender wipes that are so amazing for, like, a quick once-over to get rid of dust, especially when you have a black horse. They smell amazing, and their peppermint bit wipes are great, too. Um, so that's an inexpensive thing, but always in my, my tack, my little groom tote. Um, the next one is Equus Couture leather halter <laughs> because my halters are built to last. So I use a padded halter at home and I use a rolled halter at the shows and I use all solid hardware on them so they don't tarnish or flake. So, um, that would be number five. Then number six, um, Lemieux saddle pads. That's what I use for every day. They wash up amazingly well. They are cut back plus high withered so with having a frisian they're really great and then i already told you about my obsession with fancy saddle pads but i save those for clinics and lessons and shows and i use the lemuse every day then number seven um there's a company called espania silk 
and they have what's called the Silk Natural Protein Waterless Shampoo. And I'm kind of OCD about keeping my horse clean. So (laughs) this product is amazing. She actually has a silkworm farm and she harvests the silk they produce and she puts it in all of her products. She has shampoos, you know, gloss sprays, conditioners, like you name it. And she's got stuff for people, for dogs, uh, maybe cats too, um, and horses as well. <laughs> so she's she's a cool lady. Everything's all natural, all organic ingredients. So her stuff is cool. I love my PS of Sweden bridle. That would be number eight. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite brand of bridle. They also, and just even aside from the bridle, my favorite thing about this bridle is they have these amazing rolled leather reins. So they're rolled in the beginning, and then they go you know to normal normal flat leather on the back but they're Mm. so itty bitty like so narrow I think I have I must have really small hands because wider reins always make my hands hurt and these reins are so petite that they fit my hands and I have zero issues with them I have they're like the best reins I've ever discovered so that would be number eight (laughs) then number nine Equus Couture decorated brow bands because Mm -hmm. you know I need one to match all my luxury saddle pads of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing would be Schneider Saddlery Horsewear, whether it be sheets, blankets, fly sheets, sleazies. They are so durable and they are such great quality. And they're a local Ohio company, too. So they are. Yeah, that's that's my list of things. That's <laughs> a a long great list. List. I love it. I love it. You're going to have to send it to us. And that way we make sure yeah. we get all of the And like, I can send links. I can, yeah, I'll send links for everything to you guys. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So our final question is, how do you describe like non-horse people, like when you're conversing with them the first mm-hmm. time you meet them or whatever, how do you describe what you do with horses? So this will probably be my shortest answer. And people seem to get it when I say this. So I, the first thing I tell them is it's like ballet on horseback and they don't necessarily get that right away. But then I'll say it's an Olympic sport. It's not the one where they're jumping. It's the one where they're dancing. And then people always go, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes they actually start pioffing and passaging like the stuff kind of like this. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) It's so funny how so many of our guests say that. So it's a very common, I think, theme that we all use. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been another great episode of Enter at Nay, and I hope you enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, everyone. Bye. Bye.